0: Hey everybody i'm kelly ellers
1: i'm jeffrey Lennon.
0: and this is volume up by the Tees.
1: hello salon pro when we say the number one professional bond building brand what brand comes to mind olaplex that's right because they're tested trusted and loved by stylists worldwide olaplex bond building technology works on a molecular level to repair damaged and broken bonds if you're interested in testing out these things for yourself you're in luck Olaplex is partnering up with the Tees for the April Hello Salon Pro Box. This means you'll receive the Olaplex Full Discovery Kit, as well as a standalone treatment, single-use professional system, for only $24.99 plus shipping. Over $100 worth of product. Head to thetees.shop to subscribe for our April Box, shipping every Friday starting April 15th.
0: So Jeff, imagine this. You're in, you know, perusing Ulta as one does, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just looking at all the wonderful shiny objects and you look up and you see the one and only Rihanna. What happens? What happens physically to your body? What happens to your brain?
1: (laughs) Uh, I would imagine. So I, I don't say this lightly. I think I would probably like faint. I don't, there's like, there's few people. Cause you know, we've been around some people, talent, we'll say some people, but like, she's a mega, 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 mega star. And if I were just like in my local, my Ulta is actually within walking distance.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So it's like a five minute walk. Um, If she were like, I wouldn't, I would be like, is this a pre- Is something happening to me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I having a episode of some sort some a medical event is what would come to mind and then I probably would have one for real but like in in reality what what would you do if Rihanna were just like walk in the same aisle as you
0: you know I would probably be all sheepish and shy and not have enough gumption to say anything in all honesty I would definitely peep what's in her bag in her little shopping area
1: cart oh for sure do you think she's carrying a bag? I feel like no, she's not. Maybe for the photo op. Somebody's she's got a, somebody. Yeah, somebody's walking behind her with the bag.
0: Somebody's carrying the bag.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I would love every bit of it, and I would love almost not equally, but to be in the same Ulta where you saw Rihanna, and then you <laughs> hit the front.
1: I mean, I I would go. To, I would. It would be a something would happen but then I would collect myself and I would get in there like don't don't I would not be walking out of there without being like you're the best thing since sliced bread bad gal Riri
0: bad girl bad gal that is well she made she pulled up to Ulta Beauty yep. to surprise a few people and announce her new gloss bomb heat in glass slipper which launched a couple of days ago mm. and so I like the move I like the live TikTok move. way to go good for her
1: Yeah, shout out to to Rihanna, obviously. And then for Ulta, uh, let's give them a little bit of kudos for making this happen. Right. Um, That doesn't happen by accident that she does an in-store activation. So we see you.
0: We see you people behind the scenes making that happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Another happening this weekend is I just arrived back from a large trade show in Chicago. Certainly a wonderful event. But the pinnacle of that for me was the Beauty Changes Lives Gala which happened on the Sunday night of the event. And what was wonderful about that is I had the personal opportunity as the Tease Media to announce the public service announcement campaign for our industry titled No Beauty Secrets. So it was a gala of changemakers, a lot of really shiny people, important people in the room. And it's time that we sort of demystify a career in beauty. So we know that the perception is instability, low salaries, stagnant career. It's just a backup plan, right? It's spread for years, but it's time that this industry stands up. And the No Beauty Secrets campaign is on a mission to elevate the perception of what a career in professional beauty and wellness can offer by revealing the truth, right? That it's full of success, opportunity, and impact. And we over at the Tees are really thrilled to support this much needed PSA campaign no beauty secrets and just a little shout out and plug head on over to no beauty secrets.org as well as no beauty secrets on Instagram and all of the channels start with K N O W beauty secrets. We'll see you there.
1: We'll see you there. Join the movement. Get into it.
0: Get into it. On our last episode, we talked with Monet Everett. Uh, Monet is a major friend of the pod. Also a celebrity hairstylist, author and diversity equity and inclusion consultant with over 20 years of experience. She's worked with celebs, including Tia Mowry, Yara Shahadi, Emily Tosta, and Nickelodeon starlets, including Lilamar and That Girl Lele. Everett's passion project, which is also a passion project of The Tease Media, is the Texture Style Awards, a competition for hairstylists that's centered around diversity and inclusion and hallelujah. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadTheTease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com.
1: This week, we're talking with Hayden Cassidy. Hayden specializes in men's hair, merging techniques from every aspect of barbering and gaining inspiration from her experiences of and exposure to different countries and cultures. Hayden began her career in Ireland amidst the boom of the industry, taking influence from the US barbering and hairdressing scenes. She established her signature clean look, which is appreciated around the world. Most recently, she's collaborated with Andis Company, where she's a global educator, and dropped 12 long-form haircutting tutorial videos that are available for free on Andis.com and Andis Company's official YouTube.
0: Jeff, I cannot wait for this interview. I've been a big fan for quite a few years. But before we get there, we need to talk about what's trending on our site.
1: That's right. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, a big deal, the tease Tours. Hair colorist Daniel Moon takes us inside Hair Los Angeles' newly redesigned salon space. It's not often that you find a salon with interiors as cool or as colorful as the extraordinary hair creations whipped up by its own stylist's. But that's precisely the case at the newly redesigned Hair Los Angeles in downtown L.A.'s arts district. Stepping foot inside the salon, you're instantly transported into a magical, happy place where salon stations are shaped like flowers, literally. Mm-hmm. Vibrant artwork is plentiful, and self-expression and creativity are encouraged to the fullest. The transformation of the space was so stellar that even Architectural Digest came knocking. Shout out to them, but shout out to us. Head to to learn more about this five-year-in-the-process remodel, some incredible photos from our team uh, and an exclusive interview with the founder. I straight up can't get over the story, as you can tell by my excitement. Um, the photos alone drool worthy, especially if you're into interior design, which you and I both are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly, was there a favorite part for you?
0: You know, yes, for sure. And, you know, oftentimes a space potentially overlooked is the restroom area. Mm hmm. However, not there.
1: Not overlooked here.
0: We've got Dorothy Draper florals. We've got black and white, akin to Jonathan Adler. We've got pink cabinetry. It's to die for. The entire space is absolutely magical. And I am so ready to take a trip on over. Maybe just to hang in the lobby. I don't
1: know. I mean, really, we don't even need an appointment. <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't love that for us. No. But I want to just go and experience it in person. It is that cool. So check it out on theteas.com. Please look up that story. And shout out to Hair Los Angeles because they're doing cool things. Yeah. Next up, Hot Heads Hair Extensions new Lush collection offers revolutionary transparency. In an industry-first, Hot Heads Hair Extensions has introduced an ethically sourced and radically traceable collection. The all new Lush by Hotheads line features six new dynamic shades of blonde and each extension pack is partnered with a QR code that allows stylists to see the step-by-step process from which the hair was collected and produced. Learn more about this revolutionary collection over at thetease.com. Kelly, this story, I gotta say, because I've got short hair and I don't often dabble in this space, <laughs> I hadn't given much consideration to where the extensions are coming from. Okay. And I'm saying that I'm bad for not having thought about this. I would imagine there are others that are maybe not thinking these things. Hotheads, definitely thinking this through. Yes. Do you ever worry, wonder about where your hair extensions came from?
0: 100% actually. I think that there are so many hair extension brands out there that don't take the time from like a quality and research and investigation on where the hair is actually coming from. There's a lot of players and imitators out there, but not hotheads hair extensions. They are an absolute go-to. And what's so interesting to me is that they're bringing this topic to the forefront for consumers. Because if you've thought about it, you're like, oh, I just trust trust my hairdresser, right? They're doing the right thing. But this transparent and traceable, they're sourcing continental Europe, um, high-end Virgin Remy human hair, really interesting that there will be a QR code on the actual hair package that you can scan that and determine where indeed your hair came from so ethically sourced all the way they are making waves with this and kudos to them for taking the time on this transparency piece for our industry as a
1: whole yeah i'm hopeful that this is just the beginning of things same. and that they're going to expand and that others will feel the pressure to do the same okay it's a big deal we're really excited about it. and again head to thetees.com read the full story Last but not least, this one is so cool. Um, Shout out to one of our editorial interns, Corbin, who's written this story. The title is Using Hair as a Canvas, a Look into Timothy Kingsley's Hair Painting Career. New York City-based hairstylist Timothy Kingsley has been in the hair scene ever since he was a little kid, as his own mother was a hairdresser. Shout out to that. Kelly, your mom was a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. These things happen. Kingsley quite literally grew up in the hair salon and loved offering her a helping hand whenever he got the chance. With the hair salon being Kingsley's second home, it ultimately fueled his passion for hair and led him to follow in his mother's footsteps. Two years ago, Kingsley unintentionally got into hair painting when he painted his friend's hair for fun. It wasn't until he posted it to TikTok, doing the process, that he saw a huge demand for his work. With his TikTok going viral, he decided to start offering hair painting as a permanent service and has been creating unique and creative designs on his client's hair ever since. Head to ptis.com for our full interview with Timothy. It is... So cool. Um, So many things that he thinks about that I would not necessarily. And that he sort of spills every detail. Um, We love getting a like look behind the scenes. And this interview does that. Uh, The question that I got for you, Kelly, is. Yes. In a maybe different world, Hmm. because I know you're not going to like buzz off. Yeah. And, you know, would you would you consider hair painting?
0: I mean, what he does is so cool. I just don't know like what pattern would I go for? I mean, I love a good Schumacher from an interior design perspective, the bold colors, all of the things, but then do you go more Jonathan Adler, Murray Mecco? Like, what what are you doing? What are you doing on the-
1: These are tough questions.
0: I think the answer is yes, I would (laughs) if I was there. Okay,
1: well, maybe, yeah, if maybe (laughs) um, in in the future, we could maybe see this happen for you. Um, But yeah, in the meantime, we're just appreciating this. It is truly art. It is so cool. So cool. We encourage you to go over to the cheese.com and read that piece because, yeah, let's see more of this. Love to see the creativity. As always, so much going on to thetees.com. Thank you to our editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about.
0: Next up, my interview with the oh-so-charming Hayden Cassidy. We're diving into her background, which is wildly fascinating, and all the pivots that she's taken in her career to get here today Um, and most recently, her collaboration with Andis Company. International platform artist, Leah Hayden Cassidy, known through her social media platforms as Hayden Cassidy, is Irish born, but currently based in London, UK. Hayden specializes in men's hair, merging techniques from every aspect of barbering and gaining inspiration from her experiences of and exposure to different countries and cultures. She's taken to the stage throughout Europe, Asia, and America along some of the top barbers of our generation, always striving to further her knowledge and master new techniques. She began her career in Ireland amidst the boom of the industry, taking influence from barbers from the US barbering and hairdressing scenes. She's also established a signature clean look, which is appreciated and loved around the world. Hayden has worked in collaboration with magazines, photographers, musicians, and other creatives to manifest looks which fuse fashion with today's barbering industry, always challenging and furthering her talents and artistic vision. Hayden is passionate about sharing her knowledge through tutorials and by creating an education platform for barbers to follow. She's also built a very strong reputation as an educator for a global audience. That's a bio. It's a good one. We're not finished. (laughs) (laughs) Most recently, she's collaborated with our beloved Andis company, where she's the global educator and dropped 12 long form haircutting tutorials and videos that are available for free via Andis.com and Andis company's official YouTube. All right. You've been up to a couple things, Hayden. Welcome to volume up by the T's.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on uh, the podcast. I'm so excited to get chatting and talk to you guys.
0: Wonderful. So quite a background, but we're going to start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about yourself um, and we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously
2: my name is Hayden. Um, I'm, as I said in my bio there, I'm originally from Ireland. In terms of like my background in styling, and am been a barber about eight years eight to nine years and it kind of started realistically just by mistake I never kind of had an interest massively in hair not that I kind of knew of before I started um, in the barbering industry but you know I grew up in Dublin in Ireland and then I actually ended up going to university in America I was on a football scholarship in um, Georgia. Wow. So I was there for three years. Um, at the age of 17, I flew over. I went there. Wow. I came back after three years because I broke my leg, unfortunately, in a tackle. Um, and I kind of put that career down. So I got, got back to Dublin and basically just didn't know what to do, where to start. I wasn't really someone that was that into university or into studying. Um, I was always much more creative. And I think when I got back, I just kind of wanted to find something that I could express my creativity, but also, you know, I love traveling. So I could get to kind of explore the world with and a friend actually just said why don't you try barbering I think you'd be really good at it and obviously anywhere you go in the world people always need a haircut (laughs) there
0: so that's literally how I got introduced to the barbering industry. That's amazing oh my goodness that's quite a story um so tell me a little bit about like the path to where you're at would be great.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I started out as a junior barber in Dublin, and I started out in a barbershop that was at the time, probably like it was a really well known, it was an up and coming barbershop. It was one of the first to be like the more barbershop salon kind of cool vibe. And that was coming around. There was like a wave of, you know barbershops that took their time, maybe 45 minute appointments. And okay. previously to that was probably just like you just go in, get your hair cut, and then that's done. You know, you have a queue of people waiting up. So if this was a barbershop that had started appointments and then you know, it was this new generation. Um I've been doing a few haircuts uh in my kitchen as I think every barber starts off doing using YouTube just kind of trying to follow and get any cousins any anybody I could find to get into the chair and let me practice on them and i had done that for about four months while working another job in a bar and I, I kind of got to the I got to the kind of pathway of going, okay, do I want to, I was teaching dance as well. So I was still educating, I was coaching, I was doing a number of things, oh, wow. trying to figure out what I what I've really wanted to do. Sure. And it got to the stage where if I really wanted to pursue one thing, I needed to put everything into it. Um, and I decided basically on barbering. So I chanced my arm, I went into this cool barbershop and it was full of males, like a really kind of cool barbershop. And I walked in and I basically just chance my arm and just ask them would they give me a job (laughs) and I can talk quite quite well and I can talk for myself quite well so I ended up charming them into giving me a job as a junior barber and I started there and I worked alongside some amazing barbers and hairdresser trained kind of stylists as well and I worked in that shop for about two years within six months I'd already kind of graduated to go onto the shop floor and I'd already started cutting and I had built a busy column um, and it was an amazing couple of years to really start in my hometown like back in Dublin knowing all my friends and actually being able to like be a busy barber that was the goal and from that then I kind of decided I got itchy feet and I decided I wanted to travel and I thought you know. As a barber, I was only going to learn so much in my own environment, in my own area, in my own community. So I really thought to push myself to the next level and to try and, you know, work on different hair textures and work with different people. I really needed to kind of put myself out of my comfort zone and find somewhere that I could do that and kind of just be, not be, who everybody knew me to be, just go and just immerse myself in something different. So I got offered a job to go to Berlin to work for a shop out there. And I just took it, I packed my suitcase. I didn't know anybody over there and I just went, flew over um, and started there. And I think from there, that's really how I kind of started to progress because I felt like, you know, the people I was working with while I was a junior, although I loved them, they were kind of looking over my shoulders. I was able to just be me and just wow. push myself, you know, and just try different things and try different hairstyles, try different hair, hair textures. And at that stage, then I started to kind of build a bit of a social media following, not massively, but like a little bit back then. It was like, you know, seven years ago. So I was kind of trying to use that as a portfolio to almost, it was actually just to attract clients, but it kind of spiraled a little bit. People knew I had a bit of experience in educating. So I got the opportunity to work in some small kind of events and shows around Europe and around the UK as like an educator to go on stage and just do new new trends and to be honest I didn't really feel like I was that ready at that soon into my career but I thought if I don't take this chance you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick myself. I need to just put myself out there. If I fail, I fail. But let me just try it. Yeah. So I did that, and it went well. It went really well. And I think from there, I just continued to push myself, continued to build myself, and um, and a year or two down the line, got approached by Andis, and that kind of just spiraled everything into another another dimension.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Where do you think that drive came from? within you like childhood parents mentors around you
2: you know I think my personality type I think I've always had a drive in me and I think my mom has always been you know my mom's quite a creative person she's an artist and she's always like really said to me like don't do anything you're not happy with like whatever you do what like whatever it is just make sure you're 100% happy And you put everything into it, because if you're happy doing what you love, then you will want to put everything into it. So I think from an early age, that's why I never really felt pressured to go and go down the academic route or go and do a certain sort of thing, because I had that support that I was able to kind of just go, okay, what do I like and what can I do well? So. I think that, and then also being quite competitive. Right. You know, I played sport from like the age of like four years old. So I always wanted to be the best at whatever I put my mind to. And I think, you know, barbering just gave me the opportunity to be artistic, creative, but also push myself to learn more and do more. And I thought, you know what? If I want to do this and if I want to do exactly what I love for a longevity of time, then I'm going to push myself and I'm going to make sure that not necessarily stage not necessarily social media I just wanted to make sure that I was able to call anybody who walked and sat in my chair that was the ultimate goal
0: yeah Um, and that's
2: where it kind of came from
0: that's amazing why was it specifically barbering because we know that there's a lot of opportunities in you know creative fields or even in the professional beauty industry right Uh, why barbering specifically
2: Yeah, I mean, do you know what, I think we do it a little bit different over in the UK and Europe, Mm. and you know, we don't have like a beauty skill that we we go to for a few years over here, like there's pros and cons to it, but it's not as regulated as it is over in the US, so anybody can really pick up a clippers or scissors and and start cutting hair. So for me, I felt, you know, like, I mean, if anybody ever sees my social media or myself, like I the least, like I care least about my own hair and I always hated to kind of go into a salon or get anything done, and um, just because, I don't know, I think maybe it was because I was always quite athletic, quite sporty, I was always one of like, you know, the boys like going into things. So I felt like almost the environment of a barbershop su- suited my personality and my style, but then also actually going like looking at the actual hair aspect and the techniques of it, I think you know, with shorter hair and with fades and with anything, any like not just men's, but any styles that are quite short, you can see so much. So a lot of it is quite visual. You know, a lot like if I make a mistake on a fade, I can see that straight away. Yeah. So I think that challenge really kind of ignited a flame in me. Like I wanted to do the best. I wanted to make a cleanest fade and I wanted to, you know, do everything. And I think the diversity of different hairstyles just appealed to me that I really wanted to push myself and learn in that. And then also going hand in hand with the the environment of a barbershop. I think things have changed now, but when I first started, I think that was the thing that really appealed to me, you know, and that kind of artistic creative side, hairdressers have it as well barbers have it but I think ultimately it was like I felt when I was fading our hair I was almost shading and creating like this shade and you know picture of, of what I was doing
0: that's amazing I love that thank you for explaining that so you me- you touched on a little bit the differences right across different countries you know UK versus US how do you feel barbering is different you know educate our US-based audience for example how is it different there versus here
2: I think there's a lot of differences. I think nowadays, I think there's more more similarities than there was when I kind of first started out because of the likes of social media. You know, you you get so much inspiration across the globe that you're constantly inspired by what people are doing in Brazil, in Asia, in, you know, Canada, US. You're always inspired by seeing these, these trends or these pictures. But I think ultimately, I think a big factor is, you know, especially in London here, The barbering in London is very influenced by hair styling, so hairdressing as well. So, you know, we have Fidel Tassoon, that was always one of the like prominent kind of people in the hair industry in general that came from London. And I think that has always carried through in terms of like barbering, in terms of styles, in terms of like everything like that. I think barbering in the US, for me, when I go over, was always more fade-based, more clipper work based Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like over here it's kind of it's a fusion of both, but for a long time you were just getting old school barbers doing scissor over comb and you know using their scissors and comb and lot of clippers. And I feel like that has influenced style a little bit. And probably because you know like I said before, like you don't have to go to a beauty school and you don't have to go through that process over here. I think there's pros and cons to that. Like I said. I mean, I know people over in the US that might complain that, you know, they have to go, go through all of that before they get to a certain level. Um, I think there's pros in being able to go through a skill like skill system like that because obviously you learn so much about sanitization and things like that. Whereas over here, you know, that's probably lacking a bit in, in the your average barber shop that you go into. Got it. So I mean, if you nitpick different different parts of the industry, but on a whole, I think maybe there's more of a blurred line between hairstyling and barbering in Europe. Whereas I feel like in the U S anytime I've gone, it's very much barbers are barbers and stylists are stylists,
0: you know? Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, we take a lot of influence from, you know, the UK, certainly in the barbering world. And I do think that there is sort of a little bit of a division of church and state, right. With the stylists and barbers. Yeah. Um, Do you think that there's a stigma around barbering or, a rift between barbering and hairdressing in the UK
2: yeah I mean this is a great question and it's something that I kind of think of myself and I kind of you know like if I'm talking even if I always get that question off my clients like what's the difference between a hairdresser and a barber and I'm like oh yeah you know and you're trying to explain it and ultimately hair is hair okay like that's that's ultimately the reason but obviously you know if you're a trained hairdresser and you're a trained barber. You have different techniques that you're trained in. Like barbering is going to be a lot of kind of shave work, fade work. Hairdressing is might be a lot of colour and a lot of styles. So there is a slight division in it. And I found when I was becoming a barber, a lot of the times when I'd say I'm a barber, people would be like, oh, like if they were coming from a hairdressing background, they might be like, oh, you're kind of just a barber, you know? But if yeah. you're coming from a hairdresser background, I think barbers really I mean especially as the fusion started to come my hairdressing and barbering you know if I work beside someone that was previously a hairdresser I'd be like yes I can find these techniques ah. I can know what graduation is I can know what layering is mm-hmm. I can pick this person's brain I think now everything is getting blurred and which is beautiful I think because you know I have clients in my shop ultimately like you know a few years ago there was people in barber shops there was a few kind of famous ones over in Europe that were like Men only, gentlemen only kind of barbershops. Whereas I think nowadays, if you had a sign out outside your barbershop saying that, like there would be uproar. You'd never do that. You <laughs> welcome anybody into your hair. So I think, yeah. you know, now I've started to actually say to different people, yes, I'm a proud barber. I'm such a proud barber. But ultimately, I'm a short hair specialist oh. because I don't just do. You know, shaves and fades. Yeah, I can do everything, and everybody wants something different as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a very interesting question, and I think like a lot of people will have different answers to that question. And I think, I think that the more we're going into the industries, I think the more we're yeah we're finding out different knowledges. Like, I mean, when I came to London first, I was really introduced to the hairdressing scene over here, mm. and it was something I was never used to before. I was used to barber events, barber battles, you know, going in and it's actually such a different world when you cross over and you come in and, you know, there's a lot of barber events where, or uh, hairdressing events where, you know, every everybody's usually black tie, it's all very, very classy. And I was like, what is this world? But I mean, luckily enough, I've been really welcomed in both worlds. And I think, I think people now are more interested in, in both aspects and both sides of the industry.
0: Wonderful. Um, is there anything in particular that you would say to a young woman who is thinking of getting into barbering?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, do you know what? I think now, like I always said, I mean, I always said my, my ultimate thing was that like my hands are the exact same as any male that is around there. Like I can do whatever any guy can do. Like I'm I'm a hundred percent certain of that. <laughs> I think the only thing that sometimes can be a little bit intimidating is if you go into that barbershop environment that you're not used to and it is very kind of masculine and energy boisterous you know sometimes that can be a bit off putting with people and yeah you do I think as a female barber you do have to have a bit of a thick skin and a bit you, you do have to be used to kind of that banter or you know it's something that not everybody is equipped with but I think the biggest thing is to just remember that Whatever your skills or techniques you can do, you can learn, you can do, and you can do as good as anybody else. And I think the biggest thing is, I always say, is go in with confidence. Like, if like, just go in with it. Even if you don't have confidence, fake the confidence. Just go in and be as confident as you can. Because once you're confident, I think people, you know, if you come into a barbershop, that's maybe eight, eight guys who are cutting hair and one female, right? Which is generally sometimes what it is like if you go in as that really confident female that knows that they're good at what they do, they're going to smash it, they're going to do well, you know, people will lay off and respect that a little bit more than you go in, you're shy, you're timid. And, you know, even if that's your character, I think it's easier for people to kind of put you in, in into that corner as a female. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just about
0: being as confident as you can. What is your favorite part about being a barber?
2: Uh, oh you know what there's so many so many aspects to being a barber like I literally count my blessings every day I come into work and I'm like I actually don't even feel like I'm working this is the best job in the world Mm -hmm. even the long days even when I'm back to back with clients you know whatever it is I absolutely love I love the career I love what I do Um, and I think one of the biggest things that I really realized and it was only really over the pandemic it was over COVID I realized One of my favorite things about my job is the connections that I have on a day-to-day basis with so many beautiful clients that I have. Um, I have a one-chair studio right now, which was kind of off the back of COVID. I decided to go and just have a, a chair on my own in a studio in London. Okay, And I feel like this has really allowed me to dive deep into that one-to-one experience with my clients. Yeah. So my conversations alone are incredible in this little room. You know, like I have the best conversations ever. I form amazing connections. And each client is like a friend. And... I think as all hairdressers and barbers, whoever you are, you build that relationship with your clients that over COVID, when that was gone, I realized that it's not only the hair that I love, it's that connection that I love. And that's what really inspires me to come in. I don't want to miss a day of work, not because of money. I don't want to miss a day of work because I want to make sure that my clients are looked after and that haircut before their wedding is taken care of. And, you know, the news from their holiday i want to hear about it yeah. so i want to go in and i want to be present in that so i think the connections that we make i think 100 is probably one of my favorite things about barbara
0: wonderful i love that tell me a little bit about your product collection
2: yeah so i think over covid it was it was crazy because i don't know what i think over in the uk we had a probably a little bit worse than a lot of the barbers and hairstylists I saw over in the U S and over COVID, like I didn't work for eight months, eight months. I could not go here. And mm. um, obviously as a self-employed artist over here, you're, you you do not have any income. And, um, and from going from working back to back, educating around the world, fully yeah. booked days to going from absolutely nothing mm-hmm. was crazy. I mean, yeah. the first couple of weeks I was, I was going insane. So during that time, I decided, right, I can do one or two things. I can sit and complain about it and just allow it to happen, or I can look at other avenues of how, when we come out of it, I can be as strong as I can. So during that time and during that eight months, I decided to, first of all, look for a studio space that I could create my own vibe in. Um, I built my own website. That was very difficult, coming from someone that is never used to being behind a laptop. And then the other thing was products, you know, like I, I decided I'd research, I'd have the time to really go through products and decide exactly what products I want to put out there and how I want to use them. And ultimately my product collection, I have three products. That's it. Yep. Um three very simple products that I use. And for me, the ultimate thing was one, they smell good, yep. so they smell amazing. And two, they are versatile for each individual client I have. I have so many different clients with different textured hair. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that every product that I had, I was able to use on each client I have. So I have a really natural sea salt spray that's just super light and super easy for any of those clients that don't really want to do much to their hair and don't want to style their hair. Um, I have a really nice uh, paste, which is kind of like a creamy formula it's a little bit of moisture in it. I cut a lot of Asian hair as well. So it will seep into that thick hair and that density and it will really kind of go through the hair. And then a uh, volumizing powder, which literally anybody who doesn't like the feeling of paste, doesn't like the feeling of a gritty sea salt spray, can go for a volumizing powder and it will just be a light nice product that they can just throw in um, and just get on with your day. So everything can be used together. And I kind of worked to make sure that it wasn't overcomplicated with the products I use. You know, you see a lot of ranges that have 12 different things all with different names on it. And you're like, wait, like even me looking for my hair. I'm like, there's too much option out there. So, (laughs) you know, I knew that I knew that clients coming in generally, like it's different, I think for hairdressers, but clients coming into a barbershop, they don't want to go through, you know, look fantastic or go through any of these pages to try and find the right product for their hair type. Yeah. They want recommendations from their barber. Yeah. So ideally, the best place to have your own products is in your barber shop because most of your clients are going to end up using them. Right.
0: Right. Um, was that a welcome addition to your like product offerings? when you created your own
2: yeah i mean do you know what like i've never really worked with any brands that were like wet like any wet brands okay i i have worked with them on the back of an event or on the back of an education and i'm not necessarily i don't necessarily not take them anymore like i have my products i love my products but I, i also love a lot of other products you know yeah i wear a lot of other products and sometimes for my clients i'll use something different so I don't have any affiliations or any products. I'm open to use any of them. But like I said before, there's so many products out there. I don't feel like it would be right for me to say these products are the best in the world because you know what can happen? Next week, something else can come in, you know, and then that might be just as good. So I feel like tools and uh, equipment is a little bit different because products, you know, there's so much innovative things coming out nowadays and there's so many different products that I want to be greedy. I want to try them all.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, you mentioned tools, which is a great segue into your partnership with Andes. Talk to me about that connection. How did that happen? What are you doing for the brand?
2: Ah, uh, my Andes connection is like it's been amazing. I I've, I've worked with Andes. I actually I actually just now was there, so I was looking back on like one of those memories and it came up that on the 25th of April, 2018, I was first introduced to the Andes Education team. Oh, cool. So, nearly coming up to six years, which has, it, it has been incredible, you know. Funny story how I got um, affiliated with them. I was at ISSE, mm-hmm. which is obviously the convention in, in America. And I was there um, working there and visiting there with another brand. I was working on a stage, um, on stage, and basically I and obviously had different accents than everybody else around there and i ended up having a pretty nice crowd around me um that i think just attracted people over to what i was saying and the way i like to educate you know i like to be quite real and just chat to people and i think at the time the honest education manager kind of came over and was like wow like this is amazing like the way you speak to a crowd and like it, it was an incredible introduction and I think a few weeks later, I got an email to say, we'd love to kind of have you on board the team. And um, we're looking at expanding our UK team. So would you be interested? At the time, this, there wasn't as many kind of tools available internationally with Andes. So I kind of just said, listen, send me over a few tools. I'll see how I like them. And let's see where we can go from there. I obviously absolutely love them. Um, and it was a no brainer really to come on board the team so that was six years ago and you know today i'm still going i'm still a global educator and i as like i work with them a lot it's been really nice to be a part of a company and a team that not only see us as see you as educators but like like the family uh the family that we have and the connection we have with each other has been incredible like i'm not just like Close to the other educators, I'm close with the marketing team, I'm close with the product, like okay. the people who create the products, the engineers. All of us are constantly in kind of talks and communication with each other. And I think to have that in such a big brand and such a quality brand has been incredible because it gives you that insight um into. And respect as well, you know, I know they're going to listen to me if I if I say, you know, can you try and make this for me? Like, can you you try and make it tool that? I'll do that. I know the engineers will go on that and they want to get the feedback and they want to try and create something good for the industry. And I think being a part of a company that really supports the industry and pushes the industry has been incredible. And it's given me amazing opportunities.
0: Yeah. And I mean, a hundred year old company, family run business. I mean, I love it. That in itself says. A lot, yeah. and certainly know the co-presidents Laura Andis and Matt Andis, and they're just a top-notch team from the top down and down up, right? Yeah, I mean they're wonderful.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like you, you hit the nail on the head there. Where you said like it's a family-owned company. Yeah, it's a hundred years old. The only thing that can last a hundred years is quality.
0: Exactly,
2: and it is family. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that. I'm so proud to be a part of like whenever I think as as a barber or a hairdresser, it's very easy to kind of get trapped up and jumping on board with brands and different kinds of people. And I think ultimately for me, like my values and my ethos is I never want to stand there and promote something that I don't truly believe in. And I think the values and the ethos that analysts have replicate what I believe in, you know, and I think finding a match like that can be very hard nowadays in the industry and i think you know i'm i'm so glad that i found it 6 years ago and it's probably been yeah the the chunk of my my career i've, I've been with the andes family so i mean they they are literally like family to me now
0: yeah incredible so you just released a video tutorial collection with andes congratulations Thank you i would love to know how this came to be
2: yeah i mean you know what? i've i've been working on tutorials for like again off the back of COVID, I realized that I think online education was super important for people to stay motivated and I had a lot of messages from different kind of barbers and stylists like junior barbers coming in starting their career in COVID Mm -hmm. a very hard thing to do so I was like how can I do that? And I had already had a few tutorials out there but I realized, especially even from my experience, like I learned off the back of YouTube and I always believed in you know, if you want to find knowledge and if you want to find education, it shouldn't be so expensive and out of your reach. So I really was passionate to create quality tutorials for everybody to be able to access. And I think that is ultimately the reason why that idea came around. Um, I work closely with Angie, who's our education manager, and I had the idea through COVID. We, we had a lot of meetings. We kept, kept in touch. And I had an idea to kind of come about of creating these tutorials that anybody can access. Um, and I Angie loved it. Angie's so amazing. She's always like your biggest supporter. So she's like, look, if you have an idea, I trust it. I believe in you. Let's do it. And let's create it. So we started working on these tutorials and when as soon as I was able to cut hair, Again, out of lockdown, I decided to get, you know, friends, different people, models, whoever I could to come in and sit with me for a couple of hours. And I got my I got a really good videographer that I knew would create really high quality content that was able to almost look. Not just educational, but cinematic as well, because I know myself, if I'm watching something, I want to be kind of inspired by not only what the person is doing, but the whole aesthetic of everything, right? For sure. Hairdressers and barbers love aesthetics. We love creativity. So I feel like for me, it was important to have a nice chilled music behind it, like something that was cinematic, something that was easy to understand, not too long, because I don't think any of us have the attention span to watch something that's 40 50 minutes you know so having these kind of bite-sized tutorials that give you just enough techniques and enough education and also tool knowledge as well you know you want to know what you're using why you're using something can look amazing our gold masters looks incredible but you need to know exactly why you're using and what's the best way to utilize that so i feel like off the back of Analyst, it was a great partnership because we were able to put out that information, but also you were able to get so much more from, from them videos. And I think, you know, it was a couple of years in the making. I still am creating more and I'm so excited that they're finally out there and, you know, they're they're available for anybody to watch.
0: Wonderful. How were the styles selected? Was that, Walk me through that process.
2: So, um, again, and she gave me free reign. She she gave me free reign to be able to create whatever I wanted. I think you know the only kind of guidelines she had was just you know make sure there's a bit of diversity in there, so different kind of haircuts. You know, it's not all the same haircut. And I think what I really wanted to do was I wanted to fuse um standard plastic barbering with creative cuts as well, and obviously a little bit of influence from trends and like the places that I go to I wanted to incorporate as much versatility as I could so that when you go on there if you're a barber who just likes to do face and shape ups you can watch that but you can also get something else alongside it you know and if you want to do a creative cut again you have that but you also have something a little bit more basic as well in there I just really wanted to make sure that with the styles that I created a lot of them are like looks that I think will last like they're not really going out of fashion I think they're you know when something lives on the likes of YouTube I think you kind of have to have something timeless so everything I did I made sure there was a nice variety so that if they're going to live on there forever that there's going to be someone in 20 years that's going to be able to go on there and see something they like you know so free range I got which was amazing and thankfully and there's like you know I have a lot of beautiful clients that I was able to create them
0: with you know that's amazing. What are some of the techniques that people can find in the collection? Anything unique and different that you want to talk about there?
2: Yeah I mean the way I like to cut hair is quite different. I've, t- I've taken a lot of inspiration on my own. The, my, the way I like to cut hair has is, is been kind of um, a mixture and a cocktail of every different place I've visited, every different barber I've worked alongside um, and I think with Throughout them tutorials, what you'll find is a real range of of techniques to choose from and to learn. And also working with like different textures of hair in different ways that are not just the normal way. And one of the biggest techniques that I think people love to see is I work with a lot of reverse clipper movements to remove weight. Mm. And... Which is not necessarily, it's a a technique that's used a lot on textured hair, but when it comes to like straight hair, it's not used that often on it. So you'll see a lot of that weight removal with, um, you know, reverse clipper movements. And you'll also see a lot of kind of longer cuts that I'll I'll cut with uh, clippers as well, which is obviously not something that you see every day. So um, again, you can, there's different types of fading, there's tapering, there's creative cuts. There's design work, shape ups. I think I kind of like make sure that there's enough there that you know whoever wants to try something new, they can. And for me, I believe that you know I'm not I'm not putting tutorials out there, standing on stage to say, look, this is how you have to do it. You know that's not my point. That's not what I'm I'm about. What I want to do is I want to stand there and show you things that will just give you a different perspective on your own style. Like, I don't want you to imitate me. I want you to take something from that video and then merge it with your own techniques. Because as barbers and stylists, we're all individual. We all cut completely differently. It's not necessarily about doing the exact same haircut. But if you take one or two pieces that can help you along the way of your barbering career, well, that's perfect.
0: I love that. Where can people find the series? The tutorials. So
2: the series can be found on the Andis Clippers website, so andis.com. You can find it there on the schooling site. It's that the twelve videos are there, and you can also find it um, on the Andes YouTube channel as well. Which, if I don't know, if anybody on this podcast has never been on the Andis YouTube site, there's so much information on that. There's so many amazing videos. So and don't just look at my 12 videos, have a scroll and see what else is out there. There's some amazing videos from Kenny, Duncan, who's one of our educators, there's some amazing, you know, just even simple tool videos that will give you a bit more information and knowledge into how to use your tools, how to clean them. There's so much amazing information on there. So those are the two sites
0: that you can find them on amazing okay so we all know that you're competitive right and you get stuff done so what is next for you <laughs> outside of this series like what's your next step
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I'm constantly constantly trying to I trying to do something else I mean I don't know how you know my, my schedules are crazy when I look at my cal- calendars I'm like how how can I do this but I mean <laughs> I get it done I, I end up getting it done. Um, I've been traveling different events over the last few months in Europe. So I just got back from Barcelona where there was uh, a barber battle there that I judged oh. um, and I demonstrated on stage. The week before then it was Dusseldorf, the week before then it was Croatia. Oh. So it's literally quite constant. And um, I'll continue to kind of educate. I have a, a trip planned to um, over to the US a few times. I'm going to CT Barber Expo. I'll also be at, uh, premier orlando and there's an event that i'll do in miami as well with joshua monica who's an amazing barber as well and um, so there's a, a a number of different things i'm doing um over the next few months but to be honest um it's crazy i think after breaking my leg mm. i realized that you can never look too far ahead all right because yeah. if you have everything planned out and Okay, my six-month goal, like like my year goal, my five-year goal. If you have that planned out, things can change. You know, paths can change, desires can change, passions can change. And I feel like if you don't then achieve whatever that goal was, you kind of lose that expectation of yourself. You know, you let yourself down a little bit. So when I broke my leg, I realized I'm just going to live each day as it comes, each week as it comes, and take on things that make me happy, but also that I can feel fulfilled with. So whatever comes, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more opportunities, but I'm going to take them. I'm going to push myself forward. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone and and just keep growing, keep learning and keep enjoying this career and this industry.
0: I love it. I love your passion. It's, it's totally contagious. It's great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. What was your, now we're going to get to this little, this little section of the pod where we call it the tease quick takes. And so we're going to ask you a couple questions to get to know you better outside of your barbering skills in the industry. So what was your first ever product that you owned beauty or hair in that category?
2: Oh, that's <laughs> a bad one. Um, To be honest, probably my, like, if it's beauty, probably like a tinted moisturizer when I was like, you know, about 12 or something. Yeah. Love it. I still don't own many hair products for myself, so it's
0: definitely not a hair product. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, Okay. Are you a superstitious person? And if so, about what?
2: Um... I'm not crazy superstitious, but I think coming from Ireland, we grow up with a lot of superstitious tales. Mm. So, you know, like if I see a magpie on its own, you always have to salute to it. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but it's just like little things like that, random things like don't walk under a ladder, you know, if you crack a mirror, you know, make sure that you bury a piece underground so that it gets away from it. Yeah, it gets away (laughs) from um, any of the negative energy. So, I mean i say I'm not superstitious, but I think if you grow up in Ireland, anybody will understand that there's always, you know, old wives tales or or stories there from grandparents that you kind of have to go away. So yeah, probably a little bit, but more culturally than
0: actually I want to be. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. I love that about the culture. Um, Who would you have play a biopic of your life? Who's starring in the movie of you? Oh, that's a very (laughs) good
2: question. Um I'm uh I probably don't know. I, I would say probably like um I don't know. I probably I'd probably if I was still alive, I'd probably play it myself. <laughs> All right, I think
0: you would actually. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think I would.
0: That sounds about right. <laughs> oh, okay. This is gonna be a good one for our US based listeners. Um, what do you consider the ultimate comfort food?
2: Oh, the ultimate <laughs> comfort food, right? Like I, I love, I love food. I love all types of food. I never, I'm not picky. I'm the least picky eater. Okay. Put something in front of me, and I will eat it. I'll enjoy it. But I think the biggest comfort food for me would probably be. Like, we have this dish in Dublin that's uh, that's really, like, it's, it only comes from Dublin and Ireland. It's the only place it comes from, um, and it's called a coddle, so C-O-D-D-L-E. Okay. And it's basically a stew that's made, and, you know, on winter's days when, you know, growing up in Ireland when usually every day of the, the year is probably raining and it's quite miserable and cold, if you came home, f- home from school and smelled a stew or a coddle, you'd know that you were
0: in for a nice cozy evening and comfort food <laughs> that is so charming <laughs> um all right last one say you are on, you are on a deserted island and you can only bring three beauty products with you or hair care products what are you bringing
2: <laughs> okay so three products am I putting hair on this deserted island or am I on my own
0: um you're on your own you're there there's no one's hair to cut no I don't need a haircut. I don't need
2: clippers. I don't need scissors. And um, three products I will probably bring is like um a nice like leave-in conditioner that I can just kind of keep my hair moisturized in. Okay. And um, right now the one I'm using is like way. Have
0: you heard of way? Of course. Yep.
2: So yeah, like a light little leave-in conditioner. Definitely my tinted moisturizer. I'm still. I'm not twelve anymore, but it's still <laughs> the thing that I use all all the time. Um and Probably the last thing I would use is. I mean, I'm pretty simple. I think I'd be okay with just them, too. Woo, but, you know, okay. Maybe a little bit of, maybe a little bit of like. Some sort of SPF for my lips. Okay, we need that on a deserted island. Yeah. there's a lot of sun out there. We're gonna
0: need that. <laughs> and you know what? I thought you were gonna say your three products because what a perfect intro to those three. Perfect combination. But yeah. If I'm not,
2: yeah. If I'm if I'm not putting air and there's nobody
0: to style, I think I'd be happy with those three. <laughs> I love it. Wonderful. Well, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and all the amazing things that you're doing.
2: So you can find me social media. You can find me on uh, Hayden Cassidy. So it's Hayden underscore Cassidy. That's my Instagram. And my TikTok is just Leah Hayden Cassidy. And my website is www.haydencassidy.com Um, and I think that's it yeah YouTube YouTube is Hayden Cassidy here as well so there's also more tutorials on there as well so anybody who likes the endless tutorials there's a few on that as well they can find um and I'm going to start uploading a few more on that but yeah if anybody's listening anybody has any other questions they'd like to pick my brain feel free to contact me on any of them and I'll uh, get back to you
0: lovely have a nice chat thank you so much What a pleasure having you on, what a story. I love it, (laughs) very inspiring. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today and uh, we look forward to following your success.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks to all the team and I'm so excited to um, yeah, continue and and hopefully have more opportunities. So thank you
0: guys. You bet. All right, Jeff, fly me to the moon or fly me to London. I don't know, (laughs) to get my hair done
1: (laughs) i didn't see that coming um i should have i should have wow 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 yeah wherever we need to get you to go to get your hair cut by hayden
0: i mean i mean she does specialize in short hair and that's not really my jam but i just you know i want to hang out maybe like some ends. (laughs) you
1: could like a little clipper cut I don't know. I would let her do whatever she wants. Indeed. I don't have enough hair. You've got more than <laughs> we could go together and just let her go crazy.
0: Indeed. <laughs> the true talent all around. What a cool interview and what cool energy she brought to the table. Be sure to hit subscribe rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Tiktok at read the tease, and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com.
1: Volume up is a tease media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Manila Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.